there has been a lot of parallels in the way that we have studied and then kind of also found ourselves in a significant transition as a community from where we once were into a new geography. And so that might even be part of uh, what people want to process or what people want to share this morning. So the floor is open. Uh, raise your hand and uh, we will endure this first 45 seconds of uh, brutal silence until somebody uh, is the brave one and then uh, usually people then feel uh, a little bit more able to share. So a couple weeks ago, um, I shared about uh, this idea of mutual submission within marriage as being a newlywed and um, in the first couple of years of marriage and everything. And then that day was the discussion on the armor of God. And I came out of that message um, or that talk a little bit um, convicted about the idea of living through strength, but also gentleness. Um, it's a weird, uh, I guess dichotomy is the word that I want to use, um, of this, of we have this great power and we have all of this available to us. And yet when we come across things and people who, uh, irk us or upset us, we're not to use that power against them, but rather the underlying sin or um, evil that is trying to invade our lives. And so it's this, it's this weird idea that um, we have great power um, through Christ, and yet the way that we show that power is through gentleness and meekness and um, almost to the point of where it looks like we're being uh, stepped, on, stepped on and stepped over um, for the sake of someone else or for something else. So that was, that was kind of the thing that hit me, and I'm not really sure how that plays out yet. Um, it's still something that I'm, I'm struggling with and, and thinking through, and, um, but that was just the, the major idea that I got the last couple of weeks. Cool. Thanks, John. I Our friends, uh, Carl and then Chad was uh, stood up here as well, uh, have been some of our most consistent people over the course of this series. They're here every single Sunday. So, um... Something that God's really put on my heart the past year, honestly, before we even started Ephesians, was just the idea of shame and the role it plays in our lives. Um, and I think, especially the very beginning of Ephesians, just really affirmed to me that shame has no place in our faith. Brene Brown, she separates faith, or excuse me, shame and guilt. Guilt is doing something wrong and saying that was bad. Shame is doing something wrong and saying I'm bad because what I did was wrong. Um, and I think shame is really just sin tricking us into thinking we're something we're not. And the first chapter of Ephesians clearly states, like, we are children of God. We are adopted and loved and pursued by him, first and foremost. Paul made that clear, first. Um, and I just want to say, if there's anybody in here, like, feeling shame or letting that control their lives, I just want to speak against that. And also, I'd be willing to talk to you, um, and I'm sure anybody on staff would too. Um, but I just, I've seen shame destroy a lot of relationships with each other and with God, and uh, I just felt like that needed to be said. 
many other people felt like uh, <clears throat> they needed to hear those first couple of chapters of Ephesians? Because, uh, yeah, thank you. And, and I know Aaron, uh, Aaron even shared about that a little bit too, that um, Paul is incredibly deliberate in where he doesn't even ask us to do anything uh, or ask the church to do anything in those first couple of chapters. I don't think it's until the second half of chapter two or maybe even three uh, where there's the first command. And that whole first section is just about who we are in Christ. And obviously, Aaron spoke about that. Uh, this idea of uh, shame becomes a piece of that, of reminding ourselves of, uh, of who we are, that we're adopted, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High King. And I know our group spent a lot of time um, dwelling on that idea and trying to remind ourselves and even to a degree change the scripts that we tell ourselves or that we've been told about who we are. Um, and that's why, uh, again, why Aaron shared what he did and what, and what was so powerful for me in this book as well. Um, so I think one of the big things, so I grew up here, all my formative years of my faith were in Spokane, and my wife and I, we just moved back with our family six months ago, and as I've been away and kind of like, there's the things you grow up with in your faith, and there's certain things you kind of want to, you've unlearned probably as you've matured. I imagine a lot of people have that similarly, and I feel like in this sermon series, a lot of those things that I feel like God had been teaching me, like, Russ and you guys were able to kind of put words and actually put like some structure to that mm. and actually and scandalous grace was a great example and it was really helpful for me because as we have two little kids who don't like to listen and looking to raise them up like a lot of the <laughs> church background I grew up in used guilt they used motivations that actually I've had to kind of unlearn over the years and I felt that it was really cool to have the church kind of putting out there like, this is what we're about, this is how we're going to do it, and seeing a place that I really want to raise my kids up in, in a style that I want, and I think Scandalous Grace was mm. the best indication of that, of that is the fuel that's going to get our kids to walk with Christ. It's not going to be me, like, gritting my teeth and trying to get them there, and so mm. it was just a really powerful thing, and I felt like it was a lot of stuff being like, oh, he's describing the thing that I've been learning, but so much better than I would have. So. <laughs> um. Hi, my name's Hope. I um, felt like the thing that was most meaningful to me on this whole series was that concept of unity. Um, and as I look at the world that we live in, we're so incredibly divided in terms of politics and religion. Um, and even within the church, I look at all the different beliefs, um, cultures, backgrounds, everything. I think Satan is trying to just break us all apart. Um, and so the concept of being united d despite our different beliefs um, in terms of the little things in the Bible, um, but we can just all come together and believe that Jesus is the Lord and he died for us and we're saved. Um, and I think that that's the most important thing rather than allowing everything else to just break us apart. So that was the thing that I took away the most. I invited a, uh, a couple uh, additional friends to share as well. So uh, Amy and Kevin Yeoman are going to come up and uh, they'll share one uh, or a, an idea or a thought that was impactful to them, and then we'll have the microphone again maybe after this if there are any concluding thoughts. So let's welcome up Amy and Kevin. Uh, hi there. Uh, my name is Kevin, and it's my wife Amy. And uh, like everybody said, there's just been so much out of this series of Ephesians that we really enjoyed. Um, but in particular for us, we really like the sermon on like the husbands and wives. And uh, for us, the reason why was because growing up, we didn't really have much of a like Christian marriage role model in our lives. And 
we didn't really understand the concept of headship within like the eyes of God um, growing up. So for us, this, uh, we turned to this verse for guidance and understanding of what headship would look like. And uh, just because of that, uh, we've kind of perceived it originally uh, to be more of like the husband needs to be the leader and the wife needs to submit. Um, but we've had difficulty with that just based mostly because of our personalities. And uh, Amy can tend to be more of a like driven, go-getter, planner, type A sort of person. And uh, I'm a little bit more methodical in my thought and decision making and uh, have a tendency to just sit back and uh, just support uh, during those uh, quicker decisions. Um, so because of the way our personalities are, uh, we've just interpreted that we've been doing it wrong the whole time. And uh, <laughs> after, after the sermon, we've just realized that that's not how God intended it to be at all. Um, so a couple of things that we pulled from the sermon. Um, one, Russ talked about the context of the word submit um, and how it ties to the verses that lead into it. Um, and we're talking about relationships as a whole and how we are to submit in the way that we're supposed to want the best for the other. Um, and then also uh, he put context to the time period and how this verse was supposed to give uh, voice to the voiceless um, being the women, children, and slaves, um, and that the way that we have perceived the word submit, um, and I think that across Christianity, the way that this verse is often perceived um, is not the way that it was meant to be perceived. Um, and then also, Russ talked about uh, being, or the, the best decisions that can be made in a marriage are the ones that are made together, which is often how we approach decision-making, um, but there is no, like, submission that has to be involved in that. Um, and then also there were some ways listed out that we can love each other in our marriage, um, and neither, none of those follow the traditional, like, leader, follower, um, dominant, submissive um, ways that we had kind of originally perceived. So this was super refreshing for us um, because I think we often, we fall into the trap, both of us do, of looking at ourselves and what we aren't doing um, and saying, oh, we're bad Christians because we're not doing X, Y, and Z, or our personalities are different from this. And I know for me, I felt like I often had to, like in a way, suppress my personality, um, especially being a woman in the church, not this church at all. I've never gotten this feeling at this church, but um, just at Christianity as a whole, um, kind of that the woman needs to be more submissive, um, which is always been hard, and like I said, I kind of felt like I needed to suppress some of my traits, um, but this was, kind of showed us that this and a couple of the other sermons in the series talked about um, how we're called to live into our strengths, because those are the gifts that God has given us, um, but also we need to be open and willing to work on our weaknesses um, so that we can shine God's light better, um, and I think that in all relationships, it's important that we help each other through work through our weaknesses, but especially in a marriage, um, to kind of work to sharpen each other so that as one, we can shine God's light. Um, so like I said, this was super refreshing and uh, gave us kind of a new light to look at headship in our marriage. So. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> 
that uh, message was given uh, pr probably a month or so ago. If you hear that message, we didn't actually record it. So there is uh, no evidence that it's ever uh, preached. Um, uh, I, that's actually true. <laughs> Uh, but I make a joke of it. If you are interested, uh, because I know that that message specifically was really, really powerful for people, and uh, it, Russ taught, um, taught that section of scripture in a much different way than maybe traditionally many of us have heard it. Uh, I know for a fact, if you're interested in further discussion regarding this idea of submission, uh, maybe what Paul was intending uh, in those verses, um, Either one of us would love to meet with you and, uh, and have that discussion. If you would just like to see sermon notes, uh, I know that Russ would pass those on. Um, that's all it would take is a quick email. And we, all of that kind of stuff from any of the people that speak up here is always open stuff. So uh, we will send that stuff to you if you're interested in a little bit further study or uh, maybe the outline of what that message looked like. Any other uh, concluding thoughts, last ideas, or, or themes that emerged uh, for the community out of this book? Chair in the back here. I loved... Uh, when Julie was, I believe it was on Mother's Day, um, when Julie was talking about honoring parents, um, I felt so convicted by that. I'm in a season where I've had quite a bit of disagreement with uh, my extended family, and I felt through her message of um, reminding us to accept, appreciate, and affirm that I, I just felt so convicted that I was not, I have not been doing those things. I've been focusing on what differences there are between uh, my nuclear family and my extended family instead of just loving on them and just accepting my parents and my siblings and honoring them by, I mean, not, not necessarily ignoring our differences, but just not, ma not bringing them to the forefront, um, really appreciating, accepting, and affirming my family. So that was awesome, Julie. I appreciate that. Just a quick thought, following up on what Kevin and Amy said, we talked a lot about that um, particular message in our group, and I think um, oftentimes we get into this place where we have conversations that have like kind of a social application. It can be really easy to just say, well, you know, the Bible's pretty antiquated and it's old and it just doesn't apply anymore, and therefore we're going to kind of go with this sense of what we think is appropriate. And the staff and Russ and Kevin and Julie and everybody that was a part of this said, no, we really want to dig into the actuality of Scripture with this belief that, like, Scripture still has authority over our life. And that may mean that, it's, that, that it takes a little while to fully understand the context. Mm -hmm. But they did the hard work to teach us in a way that wasn't just dismissive of anything, but really was, like, digging into the truth of it and trying to understand it in our context, not just being dismissive of one idea or dismissive of culture, but really kind of leaning into both of those things. And um, I think that's really hard to do from a leadership perspective and from a teaching perspective. And so I guess I just wanted to say thank you for that because it was really impactful for me and for our group and um, I think done really well. So.
kind of uh, bring a close to our time of sharing. And, and let, me, uh, let me make one kind of last thought, encouraging thought about this. Um, so we do times of sharing for uh, really two reasons. One is because we genuinely care about what the community has to say. Uh, we don't think that uh, the only people that should have voice in church are the people that are on the stage, uh, that we all have equal voice and that uh, the spirit is not just moving through one teacher on a Sunday, but the spirit can move through all of us and uh, prompts each of us uh, at different times to teach the community and to lead the community in that way. So uh, that's one reason we want to continue to leave time in our schedule and our uh, rhythm to allow the voice of the community to come up. But secondly, we do it uh, that uh, scripture is better when it's um, studied in community. Scripture comes alive when you can sit in a group and begin to dialogue and uh, wrestle with and ask questions of. And so this really becomes kind of a, a larger version of a small group for a, a set period of time on a Sunday morning of what could it look like in a small group setting to sit around and talk about the message on Sunday or to open the scripture and really begin to wrestle with the words in scripture. And so uh, we do it for that reason as well, to model that this is okay, that uh, it's good to have voices come up and begin to share what are they learning. And in some respects, uh, maybe ask questions and say, I still don't understand this, or maybe I don't, I don't agree with this, you know, in a lot of ways. And, and that's where as followers of Jesus, we begin to really take steps forward. And, uh, and we really begin to be challenged and moved and hardened in our faith, all right? Thank you for, uh, let's give a round of applause for all of those who uh, did share today. Uh, we wanted to conclude our time uh, with another song or two, so let us stand. Uh, Bobby and the worship team will uh, lead us through a few more songs, and then uh, I'll come up and close us with a benediction.